Good morning. morning. I want to thank uh, Blair and Stephen for all their hard work on our intro video. We're in a new series, and so you're going to see that a little bit this fall, the first half of it for I Love My Church, and the second half for I Love My City, uh, because we love both, and so we're going to look at, at that. But I had a question last week about when does fall begin, and usually there's a Obviously, there's, there's a date in time. You know, there's Thursday the 22nd at about 10.03 p.m., but I think Thursday, did you feel fall kind of appear? Anyone else? Uh, it, it felt pretty good, although yesterday was a nice, I would still call yesterday a nice September day. It's enough that you feel the sun, but there's still a bit of a breeze and stuff. So I'm just noticing here, I was going to ask if there were any harvesters uh, people that have been to Harvest. There's a few people who I know were out late a few nights this week, but maybe they're coming to the 11 a.m. Uh, maybe they're sleeping in, they're recovering from afterburners and things like that, but uh, there's a lot of people that I would just say are, are slightly older than me that were doing better than I was this week, but, but that probably were out five nights or so catching different artists, and, and so it was a really uh, good thing to do. And so for as long as I've been able to, I've at least tried to walk downtown, and there was a season when I was working at Tony's Music Box where musicians would come in and other people would be down for all the hype uh, from, you know, pretty much Wednesday until Saturday. And so last night was the first show we were able to see and it was the first time for for Kelsey and I to go to a show where when we came outside, the sun was still out. So it wasn't one of those ones where you go after sundown and, and it's all good. But you know what I really love about the modern years, like the last 10 years or so of Harvest when we've been able to have it? Food trucks. I love the food trucks. I love even just going down and being around. And when they shut down part of Queen Street, of course it's annoying to, to people just trying to get around. But it's so awesome to see our city kind of come together and many people from all around and some of the artists sneaking through to check things out. And we love uh, to, to go to the food trucks. But the food truck that we were hoping for last night was not downtown. We actually had to go find it elsewhere. It, it was in the city. They came all the way from, from the Moncton area. Uh, but we did track it down. But it's, it's such a, a fun uh, time of year. But I, I noticed, you know, the thing about something like Harvest where they set it up in like parking lots and things like that. It's a really good thing if you want to stand on pavement for like an hour and a half straight, and then afterwards you feel like, why do I hurt, you know? And so maybe it's the footwear, maybe it's because you're, you're trying to hold your place so people don't push you out of the way, but it was a, such a fun experience for our city, such a, such a good start. So I was reflecting this week before, uh, you know, coming into this message time, and, and perhaps maybe you, you read our, our newsletter every week uh, on point. So, so maybe you already know this, but I was kind of reflecting back. This was like 22 years ago, approximately this time of year. I remember something uh, called ICQ. Do you guys remember that? All the millennials said, uh-oh. Um, anyway, there's this little sound that came with it. It's like a messaging thing, which I think still exists, but it was definitely something in like the late 90s when, when internet really started to, to boom around here, uh, where people could find each other. It's I seek you, like, but the, the letter's I seek you. Anyway, the, but there was this little sound when you got a message, and it was just kind of like this little, uh-oh. And so apparently there was this guy uh, recently who was going to gas up somewhere in the States, and he kept hearing this sound and it took him back and he was like, what's going on? And then he asked uh, the person at the cash, he's like, so I keep hearing this. Oh, they're like, oh yeah, it's, it's, it's when people forget to, uh, or, or they finish gassing up, they have to go in to, to inside to pay. He's like, yeah, but it's like from ICQ. And, and then the girl just kind of stared at him and she, he's like, oh no, she has no idea. 
like, am I that old kind of thing? And so it was one of those realizations. But I'll tell you what that was good for. Although I didn't go very far away to school, I only went, you know, an hour and 10 minutes down if you're doing the speed limit, which of course you are. Uh, I just went down to Sussex, but I had to stay in touch with friends and family. And what I found was really helpful for something like ICQ or email or things like that at the time, it helped me learn how to type. No, not my essays, not those things, but trying to type back to people in a timely manner. And, and when I first got to school, uh, I was probably like the, the one finger at a time kind of typer. And by the end of it, home row was down and, and I was uh, cruising through for doing my papers. But I used to have to go to the computer lab it wasn't that bad, it was just that there was time limits on that and there was only so many computers and this was back in the days where dial-up was still like probably the best that you could do. And even if I could have the computer in, in my dorm room, I ha- I'd have to pay for my own phone hookup and then connect it and all these things. But the first time I was a- a- able to get a laptop was when I was starting college and so like maybe a couple weeks in, I was like, I really need this laptop. And so they've come a long way, but, but at the time I remember reflecting on this, this is a game changer. I can take it to class, I can, I can type a lot better than my hands would cramp up on the little tiny desks, you know, the ones that pull up on the side and flip over, you know. I could type uh, as, as much as I wanted, I could organize my stuff, and if I wanted to, it's not that I wanted to, but if I chose to pull an all-nighter, I, obviously I couldn't just go to the computer lab, but I could stay in my room and finish typing, uh, you know, all night, whatever, and sometimes that would happen. But what I loved is that it was portable and there was a battery and so it it could go for for a little while. But I noticed this in in that first semester of college that it it worked a lot better when it was plugged in because uh, I'd have to watch the battery icon otherwise. And so as long as I kept it plugged in 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 my room or or even if I took my charger to to class and and I plugged it in, it would go forever. But it wouldn't go that long without being plugged in. And so as we're getting into our, our text for today, maybe you, you will see the sense of remain. What, what I love about our, our church is so many things. But one, it, just for today, is that from the worship to the prayer to the communication, already, already we've had worship. Already we've had a sermon through, through the lyrics of, of songs that kind of tie into what we're looking to today and, and for the upcoming uh, weeks. And, and so don't you love that? Don't you love that we have uh, great, great worship, great leaders uh, to, to do that for us? And so we're able to come into the presence. And, and now as we look into his word, I think you'll see how it, how it kind of ties together. Jesus says, I am the true grapevine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they will produce even more. You've already been pruned and purified by my message I've given you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot produce, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples, which brings great glory to my Father. I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love, 
just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in his love. I have told you these things so you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. Now you are my friends since I have told you everything the Father told me. You didn't choose me, I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask using my name. This is my command, love each other. Father, we thank you so much for, for this place that we're here today, both in person and, in, and online, to, to meet you, to encounter you, and, and to not leave the same way we came in. We've committed this next uh, few moments to you, and as we look into your word, we, we pray you'd illuminate it. We know your presence is already here. We just want to acknowledge that. And so would you have your way? Would you work in this place? In Jesus' name, amen. So D.A. Carson writes in one of his commentaries that no branch has life in itself. It is utterly dependent for life and fruitfulness on the vine to which it's attached. And so in a similar way as, as I was thinking of that original laptop, which sure they have better battery life now, but eventually you have to plug them in. They work better when they remain plugged in. And so obviously to, to Jesus, but, but even to the things and the plan that he has. Uh, last week, uh, for, for some of you, you would have seen a graphic on the screen with these chairs. And so I wanted to highlight the specific ones we're looking at today and, and, and to bring you up to speed really quickly. We'll keep that up there. But there was a, a chair uh, that, that was really about come and see. It, it was for someone seeking and, and just checking the things out of Jesus. And then a decision would be made at, at, at the basically announcement to, to come and, and follow me. That's when someone becomes a believer. And then it's not just follow me, uh, but I'll make you fishers of people. And then it moves over to worker, which you'll see there as well. And it's not just that, but it's to become a disciple maker, to go and bear much fruit. And so as we're looking into the vine, it's really part of this process that we're looking at. And so as you can see, the, the part that is unique to Dr. Dan Spader is the four chairs, and we're just looking at in between and kind of connecting two of them today. But the part that's unique to Crosspoint is that it begins with, I love my king, and that's Jesus. And then it moves to, I love my church, because he loves the church, and, and we love the church, uh, because it's something that he puts in our heart. But it doesn't just stay there. It moves to, I love my city. And so this is what we're looking at today. And, and this verse will come on the screen, and it's kind of a two-part verse that I, I really just mentioned from Matthew uh, 4.19, where Jesus says, come, follow me, and I'll show you how to fish for people. And so the initial part, if, if we cut this, the sentence in half, it would be, uh, come and follow me. And some people think, that's it, just, just do that. But he also said, and I'll, I'll show you how to fish for people. And, and so it's kind of a, a two-part calling. And so you, you don't just move into one chair, but you have to continue to move into the, the next chair. Everyone has a next step. And so this is kind of the observation that we're looking at. Joseph Dongel writes, to remain in the vine, the disciple must submit fully to the authority of Jesus, not merely listening to and understanding his words, but hearing and obeying them. And so it's, it's really not just enough to come in and, and listen, but it's to truly hear. No, I, I hear you, Lord. I, I hear what you're calling me to, and it's to obedience. It's, it's to follow you and do what you say. And so this is the challenge for any of us. 
as, as my heart was kind of wrestling with last week's uh, sermon and, and getting prepared to kind of set us up for the fall, the, the question that I asked is, if you could want the best thing for your neighbor or someone else in your community, what would it be? If, if God was breaking your heart for someone in the city, what is the best thing you, you could want for them? Would it not be for them to give their whole lives to Jesus? Would it not be for them to surrender everything to them and find true life and true freedom and true love in Jesus? Well, I think it is, so why don't we do the same? Because it's important for what happens inside, and that becomes important for what's outside, which is important for what's inside. It doesn't just stay here, it has to leak out, and so that's how we're going to progress as we go uh, this season, Uh, but it begins in, in something that Jesus does in our own heart, and so when we begin to love our king, who is Jesus, he gives us a heart for the church, which he has a heart for the church, which is for each other, and then that spreads out to the city, and obviously it can't be contained as we had friends last week, uh, missionaries to Japan, obviously it reaches to our friends that are very far away. But isn't it great that we get to support people both locally and, and abroad? I, I think that's awesome. Something that, uh, that Jesus said in, in just a couple chapters before in uh, chapter 13, he said that your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. And so that's, that's something that's for in here. And as I was reflecting on that this week, uh, Ruthie, uh, when we were in our Seniors Connect on, on Tuesday, she noticed this thing in, in a verse in, in Matthew. And, and perhaps you're thinking of the one uh, Sadducees had came to Jesus and they're trying to challenge him regarding afterlife and potential resurrection and they were kind of confused and, and then sure enough he, he left them speechless but then the Pharisees came over and they're like okay but what about this let's try to trap him with the law of Moses what's the most important commandment perhaps you, you recognize this that he said well to love the Lord with your whole self essentially but he said this a second is equally important to love your neighbor as yourself now he was summing up the law and the prophets but he's going much further in in the context of what we're talking about now not just to love someone as you love yourself but to love them as Jesus loves them that's a much higher calling but it starts there and the thing that that Ruthie noticed this is what I love it takes the shape of a cross doesn't it to love the Lord with our whole heart kind of goes this way, and then to love our neighbor as ourself, doesn't it go this way? And so you're going to see this theme, and, and what I'm really noticing in, in the context of our opening passage is that he's the vine, and we are the branches. And so there's a connection to remain in him, but not disconnected from each other. Branches, plural. We're, we're all branches if we're remaining in, in Jesus and we're to produce fruit. But part of it is, is the command to love each other. And not just to love them as we love ourselves. It's a much higher calling to love each other in the same way that Jesus loves us. Amen. That's a high calling. And so that's what we're, we're called to. That's what we're challenged to. And to remain in that love. And so, yeah, the first one is to love the Lord with your whole heart. So it has to start with us. But then to also, the second is equally important, to love each other as he loves us. As our, as our neighbors, to, to love each other um, that way, but, but actually as a, as a higher calling. And as he's saying, you know, there's no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. He's speaking to his friends who he then went and laid his life down for, including us. And so this is a high calling that he, he leaves his disciples with, and then we catch on as well. 
The thing I love and, and what I was just saying is that in, in the prayer for, for one another, if we're praying for uh, someone else to, to give their whole lives to Jesus, what do they receive? Well, they receive life in a way that they didn't know before, true life, right? But there's, there's a few things, even in, in these few short uh, passages, the chapters surrounding this context that Jesus gives to us. And, and in the previous chapter, just a few verses before, Jesus says, I'm leaving you with a gift, Peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. There's something about the peace of Jesus, isn't there? There's something different where I think the world would try to offer, if, if you take this, then all harm will be uh, put aside. Any, any conflict, any, any stress, you just won't have any of that. There won't be any obstacles in your path. I think the world tries to hype that up as, as a possibility. But Jesus, actually what he offers is something different, is in the midst of stressful situations, in, in the midst of, of really difficult things, somehow deep down, we can still find peace that only Jesus can bring through the Holy Spirit. And so this, this is the, the, the God that we serve, someone who actually gives us, and Jesus gives us peace and love and joy. And so as he's talking about remaining in our love, that's something that actually starts by, by he loves us. And there's this union between he and the Father that then extends to he and, and us, the disciples. Uh, but, but not just that, that we would take on that love. And what does he say is that um, when you do this, I, I've told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. And so imagine if we're, we're actually overflowing with his love that actually joy starts to, to leak out. And th this is awesome that, that we would have peace, that we would be able to share the love and then joy would be a natural kind of occurrence in, in us, in, in our church. This might bring to mind Galatians. Um, this is something that, that comes out of the Holy Spirit. Well, I was thinking about uh, part of the, pr uh, the, the kind of produce that we're supposed to uh, come out, uh, that's supposed to come out of us is found in chapter five, verse 22, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace. And, and the list goes on. Perhaps you've heard people communicate on this before is that it, it's singular fruit and it's not just, uh, just some old list that you have to tick off. No, it's something that, that the Holy Spirit produces inside of you and, and it goes in this order, love. And then once you're able to produce love, then you start to produce joy. And when you're able to produce joy, you produce peace and then patience and then kindness and then goodness and then faithfulness gentleness, and finally, self-control. Is there anyone, I heard one preacher say, is there anyone who's like, yeah, I, I've nailed it, preacher. I, I've got all those down. Like, what else can you give me? Uh, no, we're, we're all a work in progress, but it's by us remaining in Jesus is that this, this then comes out of us because it's in him, and if he's in us, then it comes out of us. And so again, it's he's the vine and we're the branches. And so it comes out. Most of these things don't happen in a room by ourselves. It happens. Uh, you don't have patience unless you're forced to, to be challenged with something where you wouldn't naturally be patient. And so this kind of comes out of us. And earlier, what does Paul say? But let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. And if you're doing that and you're remaining in the vine, the true vine, then this will start to leak out of you. 
Well, I, I've already mentioned I love uh, my church, and, and obviously the, it really starts with the words of Jesus that he, he loves his, his church, and so if he loves it, shouldn't we as well? And not just our local church, but the greater church. Wouldn't you want for one of your neighbors who's also a believer but just happens to attend a different church locally or abroad, wouldn't you want them to love their church as well? I, I think that's true. But we love our specific church because I think God set us up We've got about a 128-year history, and we want it to continue. Uh, wouldn't we want that after all of us are gone, that it would continue to be vibrant, people who love one another, they're, they're connected to the true vine, and it's, it's coming out of them to, to impact not just Marysville, not just the north side, but, but Fredericton and, and beyond. And so I want to show you an example, th- this picture. There's one call to action that you can be a part of is, these are not our faces, these are Google, I think, the way Stephen worded it. Uh, but uh, would you call this a mosaic? So, so imagine, so uh, we, we have this logo, and, and, and the only thing special about it is that it's unique to us. It's, it's Crosspoint. Well, what we want to see in, in this series, and, and we're going to give like two weeks for this to happen, but it really starts with us now so that we can print this. Uh, this is just the first of a two-part series, but the first part is I love my church. We can say I love my church, but also we're going to get to the point of, I love my city, exactly, and so what we want to start with, we want our own faces to be in this kind of mosaic and in the lobby, and so to do this, and online, by the way, you can engage in this too, we're going to show you an email that you can connect with, so for, for people uh, online, uh, you, can, you can send us, you can, you can take your own selfie if you want, if, if you're online, you can probably take a selfie, and so if you could do that and send it to media at Crosspoint, but for those of us in the room, here's my request uh, to you, find, find Candace and the guys right afterward. We're going to take your picture for you out in the lobby really quick. Uh, you didn't know that it was picture day? Uh, d- kids already had picture day, right? Well, well, we have picture day today. So here, here's the good thing. We're, we're not going to like share this with, with everyone in the world, by the way. We're not going to, oh, here's Pierre's face. Everyone look. And, and we're going to put it on a billboard. No, we're going to put it in the lobby as a mosaic because all of us, it's actually the people that make up the church. And so congratulations, it's picture day and you get to be a part of this. And so we do ask you, I'll remind you after, I will remind you after because I want you to be a part of this. I will too. And so we're, we're going to do that and I'll remind you afterward. But if you're online, you're not off the hook because you have the technology and so please send it in. And so we want to do this um, and, and some people, if they're, they're not here this week, we're going to catch them next week, don't worry, we will, before we hit print. Uh, so it can be printed. You're going to see this on the lobby and then, and then just spoiler alert, you're going to see our city in the lobby as well and more about that in the coming weeks. I don't want to give everything away. But, but would you do that? Would you, would you be ready for picture day? Let's do this. Let's do this. It's good. And uh, so, so thank you for participating. I, I do. I love my church. And this is a representation of, of who we are. We are uh, not just a, a building. We're, we're a people, aren't we? And, and this is specifically Crosspoint Church. And so we'll ask the 11 a.m. as well to do that. But please do that. Often, uh, and I've mentioned this before to, to some of you who, who have heard me preach a few times, is that sometimes when I'm, I'm reading a passage to prepare, whether it's a devotional or whether it's a sermon, um, one of the translations I use is New Living Translation. And one of the things I learned in, in Bible school, uh, before this became one of my main um, Bibles for every day, it might have been... Uh, 
the NIV or, or, or sometimes ESV or, or there's all these different, different uh, versions and translations. Sometimes for fun too, I, I like to read through the message. Eugene Peterson is gone now, but, but he left kind of a wealth of knowledge. He, he went through the entire Bible and, and paraphrased it. And so that shouldn't maybe be our main um, uh, text for, for Bible study, but sometimes by just seeing um, the wording a little bit differently is, is super helpful. Of course, you could get into the Greek and the Hebrew and Aramaic, of course, but sometimes even just in English, hearing it in a different way gives you new perspective. And so I find that helpful for my own Bible study, but I also find it helpful for communication. And so as I was thinking about Remain, I was thinking about, well, well initially my, my first thought way back in college was, was keeping something plugged in. Well, that's part of it. That's not um, the, the whole analogy. But, but as, as I, I continued to think, I was like, Remain, Remain. Like, what, what is he really trying to say? And, and the imagery that he uses kind of shifts a little bit as you go, some think. But, but here's what, what Eugene uh, thought he said is to make yourselves at home. And so imagine, I, I, just, I just think of, um, in, in, the, in the best ways, home, home is where the heart is. You, you've heard that before, whether it's cliche or cheesy, it doesn't matter. There's something about, it's not just a, a place, but it's where you feel comfortable. It's where you, you feel connected. Sometimes you could be having coffee with a person and, the, and it feels like home. There's moments anywhere. The church isn't meant to just be in one place, is it? It's meant to go. But, but there's this sense where, where Jesus is, is saying in this paraphrased version, make yourselves at home in my love. And I just thought, how beautiful is that? Because when, when I'm reading the scripture, when I'm reading the red letters and I'm seeing an engagement with someone between Jesus and, and a person, or, or when I really sense that it's between Jesus and, and me, I, I'm just compelled to feel at home in his love. And we're meant to be at home in his love, connected as, as though we're, we're at home there. And, and what if church felt like that? What if, what if that's really part of the model, not the entire thing, but that it feels like, like family because first and foremost, because of the love of Jesus. That's compelling to me to feel at home in his love no matter where physically we are and online that we feel at home because of his love. We're, we're connected this way, but then we're also connected. Make yourselves at home, not just one person singular, but, but the plural, all, all of us, whether it's the 9 a.m. service, whether it's online, or whether it's 11, or people that are gonna be invited in. The beautiful thing about a home is that it can expand, it can grow. And so that's, that's part of it, to make yourselves at home. And through verse four, he's saying, live in me, make your home in me just as I do in you. And so there's this sense of Jesus, make your home in my heart. And then let me be at home in your love. It's beautiful. And then as he continues, if my words are at home in you. And so one practical thing is uh, we, we certainly look into his, his word uh, on the weekend. Do you look into his word on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday? Hopefully there's opportunities for you to remain in his words. Let his words remain in you. And then to make yourselves at home in my love. That, that's the idea. And so, so, so what if that was the case? The remaining, the being plugged in was first and foremost between us and Jesus. But it can't stay there in a similar way. The second is equally as important, is to love each other. That's the command that he gives us. 
And so I'm going to invite the, the team to come back and lead us in worship in, in a moment. But as we're wrapping up, here, here's kind of the practical way. Th- this is one sermon, and I hope this is beneficial as a standalone. If you were coming for one service, I, I hope that, that you've encountered Jesus. I, I hope that you're encouraged and, and, and challenged. But this is one of a series of five. And, and really one of a series of 10 because it's two parts. And so we're going on a journey together. And so we're going to be building upon this each week. And so that imagery, um, actually, if we could bring back, Candace, for a moment, that, that image of, of those, those chairs just, just before we, we wrap up. The, this is important is that uh, there's a moment for anyone where they go from just coming and seeing who Jesus is, that idea of well, come and see, whether Jesus is saying that or sometimes a disciple who's already encountered him, come and see, maybe he's the one, maybe he's the Messiah. But eventually there's this challenge where, where Jesus says to a person, you feel it in your heart that he's saying, follow me. As in you specifically, he's, he's calling you out. He's saying, come, follow me, and you, you say, yeah, I'm, I'm going to trust him, and, and you become a believer. You come into, it's actually seat two, even though you just see a, a small little piece up there for today. You become a believer, but it doesn't stay there. You can't just stay in that seat. You actually have to move, and, and worker is the term Dr. Dan Spader uses, but, but the idea of as you grow to love Jesus and, and his love expands in you, you start to love your church, and you become someone who, who loves someone else. You, you love, it, it's easy to start this way, right? It's easy to love the people who are on the same mission as we're, we're, we're connected together. But this is the process of, of beginning to give our whole lives to King Jesus. And so the process might go like this, is that someone accepts that initial call. They've been coming and seeing, and all of a sudden they trust Jesus at the, the follow me. And they say, yeah, I'm, I'm going to. I'm going to respond to the good news invitation. I'm going to, I'm going to turn from, from this way and I'm going to turn towards God. I'm going to repent. Is, I'm, I'm not just turning from my sin, but I'm turning towards God. I'm going, to, I'm going to receive him. I'm going to respond. And then I'm going to get baptized. And so we had an opportunity this summer. We're going to have another one uh, in, in about a month. And so someone would then get baptized and in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. We would start taking up spiritual disciplines. As soon as possible, people would start to pray and read their Bible and, and, and engage in worship, both, both in, the, in this gathering and, and privately, um, and, and continuing in those disciplines that you would join community, you would join Crosspoint, you would officially become someone who's, this is my church and I love my church. You'd get connected. Next week, we're gonna have an opportunity to take part in the Lord's Supper. Well, isn't that a union between this way and this way? Uh, that's, that's communion. Uh, in gatherings like this and, and any other opportunity that you can take a part of, whether it's a small group, home group, or something like that, you would help others connect. You would invite people, whether into your home or into this home, uh, you would love and serve one another. And it wouldn't stop there. You'd give generously. Uh, first, between you and the Lord, you'd trust him with your finances. You'd give him uh, the first 10 uh, 10% of, of, of what he's given to you and the way he's provided for you. You'd support uh, the local church, but you'd also give to missions and to relief work and, and things like that, that you would pray for each other. No particular order here. This is just how it happens in the way that, that God challenges you from the inside out. You would share the story. You would share your story of how has the Lord been merciful to you. 
You start by, this is how God's changed my life. Jesus has radically changed my heart. You need to know. But you'd also start to learn how to share the gospel. And, and here's what he's done for all of us. This is what's available for you. You would partner and support with both local and global outreach. You'd invite people into the mission, not just into a physical place, but into, you've you got to be a part of this. We're reaching people. We're helping people give their whole lives to King Jesus. Would you be a part of that? And then you would pray for others, including your enemies. And if we could do that, I think we would love our church. And if we could love our church, I think we would love our city. And if we would love our city, to the ends of the earth we'll go. And so this is the process that's starting by first loving our king, being radically changed, making ourselves at home in his love. And if we could do that, he's gonna mess up our heart. He's gonna change it. We're gonna start loving each other in a way that we've never seen before. We're gonna start loving our neighbor and hoping the best for them, not just hoping, but praying that they also would be able to give their whole lives to King Jesus, that they'd be changed. And whether they're plugged in here or, or whether they're sent out abroad or somewhere else, that they would partner in the overarching uh, kind of theme that, that Jesus is, is raising up a people, a, a church there's gonna be revival and that people would come to know him and be changed forever in Jesus' name. Father, would, would this be so? We're praying on, on earth as it is in heaven. Would it be true in, in Crosspoint as it is in heaven? Would it be, pre, would it be true in, in Marysville and in Fredericton as it is in heaven? And, and, and would it not stop there? But, but Father, first, would we learn how to make ourselves at home in your love? And would you make yourselves at home in us? As many of us have already even specifically asked you into our hearts and, and lives, would, would you teach us anew how to plant ourselves in, in you and how to produce much fruit? Would that be just a, a natural extension of what you're doing inside of us? We thank you for the peace that, that you give to us as a gift, not that the world gives, but, but something unique that, that your Holy Spirit stirs up in, inside of us and even in the midst of difficult things. We thank you for your love. Would you help us to, to love you back, but also take you at that command to love each other. And not just as we love ourselves, but as you love, which is such a high calling. And would we then overflow with joy? Would that be just a natural uh, byproduct and, and something that comes out of us? And, and then would we let the Holy Spirit rule our lives? Would we give ourselves totally to you that that fruit of the Spirit would, would naturally start coming out of us, that you'd radically change us, that we wouldn't leave the same way we came in here, both in person and online, but would you change us now as we commit ourselves to you, as we choose to remain in you and, and you and us? Would that change the way we love our church? And then would that change the way we love our city? We pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen.